This morning we are giving our whole service to celebrate motherhood, and in June we are going to do the same to celebrate fatherhood. Um, Mother's Day and the celebration of it, I believe, really is a celebration of the goodness of God, in that it was God's idea that the foundation of our society would be family, uh, a man and a woman raising children to flourish so that our world would flourish. And so as we celebrate uh, mothers and motherhood today, know that in essence we are celebrating the grand and beautiful design of God for our world. And so today uh, we're going to begin, we're going to have a couple of guests up here that I'm going to talk to about being a mother. If they would join me, that would be great. Where are you? And then uh, after that, our very own John Balzer is going to give us a message in regards to motherhood. So... Uh, Lyndon, I think we need the microphone. It would be probably helpful. There we go. Thank you. So thank you, ladies, for joining us on platform here. And I'm just going to ask you to introduce yourself and where, where are you at with your kids in their stage of life right now? My name is Susan Suderman, and I have three adult children. Our oldest is Jason and his wife, Tannis, and they just dedicated those gorgeous grandchildren of mine. And uh, then Dawson is 26, and our youngest is Hannah, who is also married to Brayden, and she is 23. Sorry. <laughs> um, my name is Amber Entwistle. Um, we have four kids, Charlie, who's six, and uh, Theo, who is four, Max is three, and Dottie is one and a half. Yeah. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> People on, are out there right now are going, brave mom, brave mom. Okay, um, so my first question to you too is, uh, tell us, you know, you're in different stages, but tell us about some of the challenges of being a mom, maybe even the stage you're at right now, or, you know, wherever, whatever you want to talk about, Susan. Challenges. <laughs> um, I would say uh, being a mom changed my life entirely, as a lot of you can, you know, test to. Uh, so I feel like my um, lack of me time is probably the most significant. Kind of lose a bit of who, you're, who you are. Um, and so it's strange because now my youngest is a, a year and a half and so we're kind of getting into this phase of I maybe in a few years I'm going to have time again. And so figuring out what do I, who am I? What do I want to fill that time with? Because I feel like I've been, I've never, I haven't had time for me in a long time. So, okay. I joke that I have notes because I'm the oldest and I need to, I can't wing it like her. But <laughs> so my kids are adults and so the hardest part, my challenge right now is recognizing that they are completely independent of me now. And um, raising them, everything was my business and I knew everything going on and now I just have to respect the fact that they are adults and they are making great wise choices all on their own and my opinion should come second it has, or, or not at all to their spouse and I have found that as a challenge with especially my daughter because I do share and talk a lot with her and um, I've had to catch myself before I give my opinion and say um, what does Braden think? Um, you need to go with what he thinks. Um, we're emotional decision makers and he's a very wise, practical thinker. Mm. And so I have to just affirm her always and remind her, yeah, you know, go with, go with his plan. And for me as the you know, controlling <laughs> mother of them growing up, um, it's, it's a, bit, a bit of a challenge for me. But um, 
Yeah. Um, another challenge would be um, just leaving it with God, no matter what it is, whatever situation that they have that they're going through. You can find me throughout the day, in my house, or in the car, doing this, going, okay, Jesus, this is the situation, and just giving him my, my stresses and my worries and just laying it at his feet. And then 15 minutes later, when I start feeling the panic coming again, I have to do it all over again until, until I feel better. And because um, I can't be in control of it anymore. It's, they're all adults now, so, and that's wonderful. And watching them do life their way is just wonderful now. Sorry. Next question to you, Susan. Oh. So uh, rewards, tell me about, so we talked about the challenges. Um, what, what have been some of the, I mean, I'm sure there's many, but some of the rewards that stick out for you about motherhood? Um, praying for each one's life partner as, um, since they were babies, and then watching them make awesome choices on who they've chosen to live their life with is such a reward. Um, loving them, thinking who they chose is just, you know, Loving hanging out with them as a family, that is a great reward. Um, listening to them tell stories about how they shared Christ with somebody at work, or my, my trucker son, the Holy Spirit prompted him all day while he was in his truck, go pray over your boss who has just found out he's had cancer. Mm -hmm. And being obedient in that, that was rewarding, thinking we, we didn't completely screw up. <laughs> we did something right. <laughs> or God did. God did. And so... That's rewarding. Mm. Um, and I have young kids, so it's easy to have the joy of anyone who's worked or spent time with kids. They're so easy to love, and they're so easy to show love. So if they, I mean, they're also sh easy to show the other emotions as well. But love is appreciated and um, received. And I also would say, like, I, I, my oldest is only six, but already the excitement in seeing who he is going to be and just being so proud of this little guy who already loves Jesus. And mm. is, he's already talking about how there's another girl in his class or two kids in his class who, who believe in Jesus. And how, like, she, anyways, just, it's just beautiful to see them already kind of standing up in school and um, with their peers. And mm. it's, yeah, very That's exciting. great. Uh, last question for you. Um, when you think about being a mom and, you know, raising kids over a long period of time, and the, the, what, what legacy do you dream about? leaving through your kids as a mom. I confessed to doing this at the 9 a.m. service, and then I heard Susan talk about um, uh, her, her mother, and then the, I'm like, I want to be a mom that my kids remember me um, as being a woman who loved the Lord and served him all the days of my life, and that they would know um, that they've been prayed for and cared for um, and supported from the beginning um, of their life to me going away, so, and that they would just know Jesus and serve him all the days of their life. That's my prayer for them, so. My sister and me, between the two of us, we have six kids, and we've often said, we are shocked that all six of them turned out really good, <laughs> and they all love the Lord, and there were many times when, ooh, they could have gone a different direction, and we know it is God, it's not us, that we were not these fabulous parents, and, but we know it was because our mom prayed and named us and our kids every single day, and she prayed for all their circumstances. Um, we phoned her, um, sorry, my, you probably all know my mom, Martha Tave, she passed away three months ago. So, but we phoned her every single um, time there was an issue, no matter what it was, we'd phone and say, Mom, pray on this. You gotta pray about this. 
And even the grandkids, they started taking that on too. And they would phone her no matter what the issue was. And one of them even said at her funeral, he said, until I knew grandma knew and that grandma was praying for it, then I could have peace and know, okay, it's going to be okay. Grandma's on it. Mm -hmm. And what a legacy she left for us um, um, and an example. And she wasn't a great, I mean, she wasn't a perfect parent. We weren't perfect parents. But the, um, what we learned was we, knew, we know that. <laughs> we recognize it. And we know where our source is to go to when we are worried, stressed. We need wisdom. And... Um, just lifting our kids up like she did, that is a legacy. I want my grandkids to go, Grand no, grandma prayed for me all the time. Just like my grandkids know that their grandma prayed mm. for them all the time. So that's what I'd like to leave. Beautiful. Well, I wanna thank you guys for being uh, real with us this morning and taking time out on Mother's Day to serve all of us by sharing a bit of your story with us. Uh, I see Jesus in both of you. And I know that has a ripple effect beyond your own family as people watch you uh, raise your kids to, to love Jesus as you love him. Uh, you're touching more lives than just your own and thank you for doing that this morning. Let's give them a hand please as they. Would you also welcome John Balzer as he speaks to us this morning. Go get him, John. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was because they see the gray hair and think the fire has gone out. I'm not sure yet it hasn't. What a special day today. Tribute to my mother, to our mother, to my godly mother. I... I again and again wonder why God had me born into the family I was with the mother I had. She was exceptional. No research, nothing down on the others. But I just think my mother was fantastic. She loved the Lord. She loved others. And she accepted us just the way we are. Very briefly about my mother. My dad proposed her back in the Ukraine and uh, she was having so much fun, so much joy in life, she said no. So he married, and his wife passed away shortly thereafter. You know, in those days in the Ukraine, with all the starvation and so on, people died quite young. And uh, when she passed away, uh, uh, my dad, he married his sister-in-law, who his brother was killed in the war, and she left, had eight children, so he married her. And lo and behold, the Lord took her as well, not long. And then my dad went the third time to my mother and asked her. And my mother, with a big grin on her face, said, I finally gave in. And I thank God she did. And you know, folks, within six months, they were on the boat to Canada, to Saskatchewan, to that, where the big drought just hit shortly after, next to nothing with eight children and them ten. And in the first 10 years, she had seven of her own children. I was number seven. What an exceptional mother, and I would one more later on. My mother, tribute to my mother. Shall we pray? Lord, I just thank you for each person represented here. And each person has had a mother and has a mother in their life. And I pray that as we honor them and appreciate them, our attention will be drawn to you. You are the one that put us into the families that we are. And I thank you, you put me into the family 
of the mother I had. God, I feel so rich. I'm so thankful. And I pray to bless your word as we just share it together and honor our mothers. Above all else, honor Jesus Christ. Amen. My mother believed the Bible. To her, the Bible was the guidebook for life. She didn't only talk about it, she lived it. She wasn't uh, so concerned about rules and so on. She lived the Word, and she wanted it demonstrated in her life. <coughs> and I remember, you know, as a young person, we'd have to go out and work. Uh, at other places, we had a small farm. We'd hold potatoes and hold corn and so on. And in the summertime, sometimes we'd stay at the farmer uh, all week and just come home for Sunday and get 50 cents an hour or whatever. And my mother was mission-minded. She says, John, she talked to me, talked to the others. She says, there's missionaries in our church, and every fall would have an auction in our church to raise money for missions. And she says, I challenge you to give a certain amount. You have time to pay it. And I got so excited and so carried away, I bid $40 I was going to give. It would probably take me a long time to earn it, but I gave it. But you know, that started my track on systematic giving. It was a practical way that my mother taught me. Another thing my mother taught us was to love. To love people, to accept people, and to realize God has created people different. God has created them, but they're all with an eternal soul. And she says, you know, every person is going to spend eternity somewhere. And if they don't accept Jesus before they die, they're going to be separated from God. And her passion and her burden was to share Jesus and to encourage us. When I would go out, my mother would always say, go to school or go to work, wherever. John, I'm praying for you. You know, as I got a mid-teenager, I sometimes wanted to scream and say, Mother, quit praying. I want to have fun. <laughs> but my mother prayed. And I can't, I can't thank her enough for it, that my mother cared so deeply. She prayed and upheld us in prayer. And you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 expresses the, the, the rules or the lifestyle my mother sought to live. 1 Corinthians 13, the first seven verses. If I speak with tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clinging cymbal. If I have the gifts of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries, all knowledge, and if I have the faith that can move mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. If I give up all my possessions to the poor, and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. 
And there's 12 things about love that we just read that I'd like to very briefly mention. And that's the guide my mother had for life. And she sought to impart that to us as children. First of all, love never gives up. Love is patient. And you know, she also believed Genesis, where it says God created man and woman, and that women are, are wired different than men. It's not one or the other. We're just made different. Emotionally, we're different. A mother is very compassionate, very caring, very understanding, and listens and seeks to give advice. Sometimes we as men, I talked about myself, I try to give an answer to a question that hasn't even been asked yet. You know, and I get in trouble and I wonder why. But you know, my mother listened. She was so caring, so loving, yet very firm that Jesus was the way. Love never gives up. Secondly, love cares more for others than for self. Love is kind. Love is helpful. Love uses words that communicate encouragement. My mother was the greatest encourager you could ever meet. She always had words of encouragement. She believed in you, that you could do it. Recalling early in grades, I grew up in Saskatchewan, and we're out there in the rural area, and just a few of us in school, and I came home with a report card, and I was all excited. And I said, Mom, look it. I, I, I got a... An affair. I, I think that means fantastic. She looked at me and she says, I love you anyway, John. Uh, just keep at it. She says, you know the positive thing about it is? You have nowhere to go but up. So that was really good. <laughs> love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Jealousy wants to keep it. Envy wants to have it. Love is found. Love radiates kindness to us, through us, to others. It's content with what God gives. You know, God made us the way we are, and love will accept one another and help one another to develop that. Love doesn't strut or have a swelled head. Love doesn't brag and isn't arrogant. You express God's love when you adopt an accepting attitude, a willingness to embrace others that don't achieve the standard you think that you have placed upon them, but you accept them where they are and realize that's maybe the gifting God has given them. That's the way God has wired them. Love does that. Love doesn't force itself on others. Love does not act unbecomingly. More directly, it doesn't scheme. It keeps itself free from sharp criticism. Oh, how easy it is to, to have a sarcastic, a sharp criticism of somebody, to cut them down, to discourage them. My mother never, she always encouraged. Love doesn't have to be first. Love isn't selfish. You know, love will consider the other person. You know, I feel competitive sometimes, especially in driving. Man, I'm going to beat them to that parking space. And I get there first, I'm going to go in. Forget it, what they're looking for. And my mother would say, you know, 
Why don't you try it sometime? Just let them go in and tell them they can have it, and you go look for one. Love does that. It considers the other person. It considers what you can do for them. Love doesn't fly off the handle. Love isn't short-tempered, isn't easily frustrated. Remember the value of the person. Remember that God has created them. And remember Jesus hanging on the cross. As Jesus saw those that were nailing him there, that were cursing him, that were making fun of him. Before he gave up the spirit, he prayed for them. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Do I have that compassion? It's only the Lord that can give that. And my mother pointed that out so well. Love doesn't keep score of other sins. Love doesn't keep account of wrongs done. Love wants to show God's love to others. Love doesn't store a, you know, I'm going to get you at the right time. I'm going to use that what you say against you later on. Love doesn't. It considers the person and forgives them, doesn't carry grudges. Love doesn't rival when others grovel. Love finds no pleasure in wrongdoing. It says you're important to God. It encourages you. It helps you. Love rejoices in the truth. What is truth, that's what love rejoices in. Love puts up with anything. To bear means to cover over, to protect, to shield. Love keeps on, forget, does not get sidetracked. You have love for that person, for that individual. And then in conclusion, love trusts God always. It looks for the best and keeps on doing it to the end. Love believes in people. It believes in others. It believes that God can change them. God can help them. Love has an incurable confidence in God. My mother, through all the hard times she went through, through all the challenges of raising her family, I can never remember her, com her complaining. She prayed. She says, I believe God will take care of it. And my mother conveyed to us, that being a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, you're the happiest person in the world. Jesus gives you freedom. Jesus gives you joy. Jesus gives you meaning. People sometimes won't hear what you say because of your lifestyle. But love will cover it. Not that you condone things, but you let God's love work through you. And my mother didn't just talk about it. She lived the example of it. And you know, I've asked myself, what can I do? What, how can I apply this to my life? The Lord has impressed on my heart again and again. He said, John, there's so much there in 1 Corinthians 13, but take two or three of those examples and come before me Trust the Holy Spirit to transform your life and help you to grow in that area and believe that I can help you. 
My mother believed that God could help in every situation. When she was laying on her de deathbed, didn't have long to live. My mother's words were, you children, I want to see you all in heaven. I want to be in heaven with you. And she was just rejoicing to go to meet her Jesus. And her prayers are being answered. All eight of us came to know the Lord. And she says, I want you to have two years of Bible school. In those days, it was Bible school, not college. And all of us did. Some of us had a little more. took a little longer for us to catch on. But, you know, my mother helped us. She lived it. I want to just have a tribute to our mo my mother, and then I want to pray. What is a mother? It takes a mother's love to make a house a home, a place to be remembered no matter where we roam. It takes a mother's patience to bring a child upright, and her courage and her cheerfulness to make the dark day bright. It takes a mother's kindness to forgive us when we err, to sympathize in trouble and bow our head in prayer. It takes a mother's wisdom to recognize our needs and to give us reassurance by her loving words and deeds. And that is why in all the world there could not be another who could fulfill God's purpose as completely as a mother. I say amen to that. A mother. God knows what he's doing. He can help us in those dark hours, in those difficult times. God can see us through. What a privilege. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you this morning for this time we can meet together. I thank you how we can celebrate motherhood, how we can celebrate that all of us have had a mother. And I pray that you would just bring healing of healing needs to take place in our lives. You'll bring forgiveness and recognize that you love us, you care for us, and you want our very best. And may your blessing rest upon each one here. And may we go forth to be a light for Jesus Christ in the very place you place us. Let Jesus live through us. The people can see that Jesus Christ makes all the difference in the world. I thank you, Lord, and I look forward to being with you someday. Amen.